and welcome to hello and welcome to OT Talk with Mr. T, the show where we talk how to live occupationally with using fine motor and functional life skills. I'm your host, Mr. T. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. On this show, we use fine motor skills and functional life skills to figure out how to live the most independently and functionally as possible with different ideas of how to use household objects and classroom objects and so many different tips and methods to try to get our students and our families and alike to get everyone involved in the most functional way of living possible. We talked a lot of different topics over the past two years. All previous episodes can be found at anchor.fm slash MRT1. It's on all podcast forums, including Google Podcasts and iTunes Podcasts. And we talked a little, a lot about the coronavirus recently, which has wreaked havoc around the world. I'm trying to give everybody some practical, realistic tips what to do with that. And now we're going to go back to using yourtherapysource.com to help teach others how to do some writing. I'm an occupational therapist, and I go by Mr. T in the schools, especially at nighttime. I alter ego like Bruce Wayne versus Batman. This is my Mr. T time, so we're talking... Tonight, let's talk a little bit about handwriting to children with learning disabilities and how to use the Zoom application and the Google Meet, which I use now. I work in the public school system during the day, and I see students at night using Zoom. I love Zoom, but Google Meet is one I have to use now during the day for remote learning. It's a little more secure, and then we can maybe talk about a growth mindset. Again, I've been working with kids in the board of ed as an OT for a couple years now, for almost five years now, and we've been doing the show for around two years now. Many different topics, tips, ideas are found on the show. Anything you feel like we could help you with, check it out. Check our website, and we're here to help. Hopefully it helps you. If you have any questions or comments, reach us at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. So when it comes to teaching handwriting and scissor skills and fine motor usage, especially now with the remote learning that's going on, it's a little bit more difficult to reach people and and to work with the kids. But, you know, Zoom... Is, is really fantastic, and they have that remote control feature. It lets you share screens with your students, with other people in meetings. It lets you have control of the mouse, have, to have control of the keyboard, and see what's on the screen together. So you could do different things. You could do hidden pictures, and you could do games I've created where like chess and checkers and hangman and connect four and battleship, many different types of games. We've done spot the difference, and we've been we've done crosswords and we've done word finds all these different things and especially getting the kids to write about it and to write and to write different things about it with google meet it's a little harder because with google meet the trouble is you can't do the share screen you can't do the remote control feature of the function which i love on zoom but we have to make do so we could still do go noodle together with me and the kids to get them motivated and moving around especially for the sensory aspect getting them involved in the vestibular proprioceptive of the joint sense and the the body movement is really good for them to be involved and then we do a lot of different hands-on activities so whether it be the cutting or the writing or the coloring and i do pictionary with them especially if it's a group of two and i also do the hangman with them and then different shapes and the like this way getting the kids involved but what if the kid has real learning disabilities what can we do how can we teach handwriting especially over zoom again with this is with the help of your therapy source.com a lot of times i like to bring in other practitioners and other information, especially AOT or the like, because we're not a solo person. Everything we do can be helped with other people. We all help each other, and we could all provide with each other. And I like to bring other people, and this way we could all learn from each other. So when children have disabilities, learning disabilities, they may have slow, illegible handwriting, which gives decreased written output. 
Early elementary grades, there have been students there that they tend to have more issues with handwriting compared to the older grades, and that's really the time to try to work in it. Once they're in 6th, 7th, 8th grade, it's really almost a lost cause. We have to try to find compensation for it. But remediation, trying to figure out and how to fix the skill, and instead of just compensating for the skill later on, is what we could do at that age. The skill of handwriting includes postural stability. We want them to be sitting at the 90-90-90 with the elbows on the desk in a nice chair with the feet on the floor making sure they have the right posture. We want them to have fine motor movement, proper movement. We want them to have visual motor coordination and orthographic coding, committing letter names, shape, and sequence to memory. We want them to have the right form of the letter, the right size of the letter, the right space in between the letters and in between words. More about that later, hopefully, and also line regard, keeping it on the lines. A problem-solving approach to handwriting may help teachers to add an extra instructional time during the current busy schedules of today's students. There are different steps that can help integrate handwriting instruction. Problem identification. Determine where the student is struggling by using informal observation. Collect recent writing samples. Provide a writing prompt or perform a formal handwriting assessment. You could also do problem analysis. Look critically at errors and try to determine if any patterns exist regarding letter formation, letter knowledge, speed, or legibility. You could also determine the solution. The majority of successful handwriting interventions use a model-led test instructional framework. This framework means that the teacher provides the most support in the beginning and gradually reduces support as the student gains independence. During the modeling phase, the teacher or therapist would show the correct letter formation by following the appropriate sequence of steps to each letter and saying or writing a series of letters to show correct alphabet sequence. Proceed to guided practice while monitoring progress providing feedback. Finally, a student would show and perform handwriting without any support. We want to go more help, less help, less help, less help till they're as independent as possible. Additional solutions may be needed as part of the solution, such as visual cues for letter formation, memory retrieval activities, orthographic coding activities, fine motor skill activities. What I like to do with the kids is to give them different adaptations a lot of times. We give them pencil grips, we give them the word spacers, whether they be a popsicle stick or like an ice cream stick, which I've been using, which I find more durable. We could also use raised letter, we could use raised paper, we could use highlighted paper or color-coded paper. Different types of paper, different types of writing instruments really can help. I like also using the golf size pencils, which are fantastic. It cuts the size in half, especially for little, little hands. Why are they using such a big pencil? It's too big for them. Use the smaller one, and we use that for scissors also, getting them the scissors at the right size and different materials that are the right size. Also, implementation monitoring. Once you determine what solutions you can use, implement the evidence-based strategies with consistency. With regards to practice, vary the time and, and the location, we want to make sure that there could be at least 15 minutes of daily handwriting practice that could give them meaningful gains. And we want to monitor each handwriting in the sessions with data collection. We want to keep the writing samples, see how they're doing over the year. And we want to analyze the data to see if there's extra needed for solutions. And we want to see if we can repeat certain strategies or move forward to practice different skills. And then I also wanted to talk a little bit. We try to keep it around 10 minutes or less. Sometimes we go a little over. But we also want to talk a little bit about, what, about a growth mindset. This is also with YourTherapistSource.com. This is what the psychologist Carol Dweck, a famous psychology, explains. The mindset is a self-perception or self-theory that people hold about themselves. For example, it's believing that you are smart or not smart, good athlete or bad athlete bad athlete. The way we look at ourselves really can harm ourselves. You know, if we don't have a good self-perception, we don't have a good self-esteem that's going to hurt us. And it could be that you feel like you're good at needing or stink at needing. This type of mindset can have a profound effect on learning achievement and skill acquisition, especially if kids have disabilities or difficulties to begin with. 
that could be something that could hold them back. And if we have kids that already have an IP, that already have labels or the like, that's not good to get them to further think that they have such difficulties. That's why a lot of times we should do the sandwich method, thinking something good or saying something good, and then the, the difficulty, and then something good also. And we don't want to call it a problem. We don't have to call it a limitation or a disability. We could just say there's a difficulty involved. And this psychologist also explains the mindset further comparing a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. According to her, in a fixed mindset, people believe their basic qualities like their intelligence or talent are simply fixed traits. They spend time documenting intelligence or talent instead of developing them. They also believe that talent alone creates success without effort. In comparison, she explains Carol Dweck again that in a growth mindset, people believe their most basic abilities can be developed through de dedication and hard work. Brains and talent are just a starting point. This view creates a love of learning and a resilience important to have resilience that is essential for great accomplishment. Overall, the research reveals that when students learn through a structure program, they can grow their brains, increase intellectual abilities, they do better. And also, children focus on the process that leads to learning, like hard work or trying new strategies, and that fosters a growth mindset and its benefits. This way we respond to students' learning affects how they learn. And also the way we respond to students' learning affects how they learn. One of the examples she gives is instead of simply responding good effort when a child is trying to learn something new and but struggling, you say the point isn't to get it all right away. The point is to grow your understanding step by step. What can we try next? Growth mindset is not just about effort. Students need to apply effort, of course, but they also need to discover new strategies and ask for help when needed. This helps students to face challenges head-on and understand the setbacks occur on the path of learning. And now when we're dealing with such craziness in the world, we don't expect Harvard students after each session. We're using Google Meet, using Zoom. We just want them to do little by little. That's why I like to start off my sessions with the Go Noodle, get the kids having a good time, getting them have fun, and then let them sit down for a little bit of work. We don't even call it work. We call it games, whether it's different games to allow them to write and allow them to focus their skills a little bit with the pencil and the paper, a little bit like they have in class, because we want them just to get those skills little by little while living in an insane time, but using different functional ways and fun ways to do so. Join us next time as we continue to talking ways to help live a functional and independent life, especially for children using tips and tools from all over here on OT Talk with Mr. T. And I'm your host, Mr. T.